Is it possible to travel in primitive submarines for nearly a year without replenishing food for the occupants and their animals? Did horses, sheep, oxen, and elephants exist in the Western Hemisphere in pre-Columbian times? Is it anachronistic to claim that the Jaredites made steel swords in 2000 BC? How are secret combinations tied to the anti-Masonic movement in the early 1800s? Welcome to the Come Follow Me podcast. I'm Max. This review covers the lesson plan for Ether, chapters 6 through 11. Please subscribe to be notified of our upcoming videos. For the sake of time, I will not cite all the parallel phrases and words from the New Testament that are in the Book of Mormon text. While it can be argued that some of the parallels are coincidental, most are so strong that it is impossible to not conclude that their true source is from the King James Bible. For a complete transcript of this lesson, please click on the link in the description below. Ether chapter 6 verses 1 through 5. And now I, Moroni, proceed to give the record of Jared and his brother. For it came to pass after the Lord had prepared the stones which the brother of Jared had carried up into the mount, the brother of Jared came down out of the mount, and he did put forth the stones into the vessels which were prepared, one in each end thereof, and behold, they did give light unto the vessels. And thus the Lord caused stones to shine in darkness, to give light unto men, women, and children, that they might not cross the great waters in darkness. And it came to pass that when they had prepared all manner of food, that thereby they might subsist upon the water, and also food for their flocks and herds, and whatsoever beast or animal or fowl that they should carry with them. And it came to pass that when they had done all these things, they got aboard of their vessels or barges, and set forth into the sea, commending themselves unto the Lord their God. And it came to pass that the Lord God caused that there should be a furious wind blow upon the face of the waters towards the promised land, and thus they were tossed upon the waves of the sea before the wind. Verses 6-7 through seven. These eight submarines were often buried in the depths of the sea, but they were tight like a dish, so they didn't leak. But the travelers prayed to the Lord that he would bring them on top of the waters. Verse 8 the winds never ceased blowing them towards the promised land. Miraculously, the Lord was able to keep the eight vessels together amidst the violent weather and waves. Ether 6.9 And they did sing praises unto the Lord. Yea, the brother of Jared did sing praises unto the Lord, and he did thank and praise the Lord all the day long. And when the night came, they did not cease to praise the Lord. What else was there to do without the internet? Verse 10 and thus they were driven forth, and no monster of the sea could break them, neither whale that could mar them. And they did have light continually, whether it was above the water or under the water. What kind of monster was Moroni referring to, if it was not a whale? Were they superstitious about sea monsters? Or were there actual monsters of the sea in those days? Verse 11. And thus they were driven forth three hundred and forty and four days upon the water. That is nearly a full calendar year. How is it possible that they could have traveled that long without replenishing their food and cleaning out the animal waste? Verse 12. And they did land upon the shore of the promised land. And when they had set their feet upon the shores of the promised land, they bowed themselves down upon the face of the land, and did humble themselves before the Lord, and did shed tears of joy before the Lord because of the multitude of His tender mercies over them. Verses 13 through 20. There were about 22 people on board the eight barges when they landed in the New World. 
but as soon as they got off the boat, they got busy procreating. Jared had four sons and eight daughters. The brother of Jared had 22 children, and the rest of the group from the barges had many children. Verse 21. Since Jared and his brothers were getting old, they decided to gather everyone together to find out who should be their leader. Ether 6, 22-23 And it came to pass that the people desired of them that they should anoint one of their sons to be a king over them. And now, behold, this was grievous unto them. And the brother of Jared said unto them, Surely this thing leadeth into captivity. In most cases, having a king tends to lead downhill. Back in Mosiah 29, 10-23, King Mosiah II advised his people on the matter. The phrase, quote, leadeth into captivity is in Revelation 13, 10, verses 24-27. Jared said to his brother, Let them choose a king from among our sons. But out of all the sons of Jared and his brother, only one accepted, and Ariaha was anointed king over the people. Ether 6, 28-30. And he began to reign, and the people began to prosper, and they became exceedingly rich. And it came to pass that Jared died, and his brother also. And it came to pass that Ariha did walk humbly before the Lord, and did remember how great things the Lord had done for his father, and also taught his people how great things the Lord had done for their fathers. In chapters 7 through 11, Moroni will move rather swiftly through many years of Jaredite history, occasionally stopping to give editorial comments. Ether chapter 7 verse 1. And it came to pass that Ariha did execute judgment upon the land in righteousness all his days, whose days were exceedingly many. Verse 2. Ariha had many children. Verse 3. When Ariha died, his son Kib reigned in his stead, and Kib had a son named Korahor. The name is spelled slightly different, but sounds the same as the Nephite Antichrist Korahor, spelled with a K. Ether 7 verse 4. And when Korahor was thirty and two years old, he rebelled against his father, and went over and dwelt in the land of Nehor. And he begat sons and daughters, and they became exceedingly fair, wherefore Korahor drew away many people after him. I guess Korahor's children were so good-looking that the people came from all over just to be around them. Verses 5-8, through eight, Korahor gathered an army and captured his father Kib. When Kib was exceedingly old, he had a son named Shul, while he and his people were in captivity. Verse 9. When Shul became a man, Wherefore he came to the hill Ephraim, and he did molten out of the hill, and made swords out of steel for those whom he had drawn away with him. And after he had armed them with swords, he returned to the city Nehor, and gave battle unto his brother Korahor, by which means he obtained the kingdom and restored it unto his father Kib. The words, quote, away with him, are in Acts 21.36. There is no evidence at all of high temperature smelting in ancient American cultures. Verses 10-12, through 12, Kib bestowed the kingdom upon his son Shul, who ruled in righteousness, and he had many kids. Ether 7.13 And Korahor repented of the many evils which he had done, wherefore Shul gave him power in his kingdom. Verses 14-17 through 17. One of Korahor's sons, Noah, rebelled against his father Korahor and his uncle, King Shul. He drew away many people and gave battle, defeating Shul. The king was then carried away to the land of Moran. Verses 18-19 through 19, 
the sons of Shul crept into Noah's house by night and killed him. They busted Shul out of prison and had him placed back on the throne in his kingdom. Under King Shul, the people prospered exceedingly. Verses 20-21 But Kohor, the son of Noah, became king in a rival kingdom. Kohor attacked the kingdom of Shul, but Shul beat them and killed Kohor. Ether 7, 22-25 And now Kohor had a son who was called Nimrod. And Nimrod gave up the kingdom of Kohor unto Shul, and he did gain favor in the eyes of Shul. Wherefore Shul did bestow great favors upon him, and he did do in the kingdom of Shul according to his desires. And also in the reign of Shul there came prophets among the people who were sent from the Lord, prophesying that the wickedness and idolatry of the people was bringing a curse upon the land, and they should be destroyed if they did not repent. And it came to pass that the people did revile against the prophets, and did mock them. And it came to pass that King Shul did execute judgment against all those who did revile against the prophets. And he did execute a law throughout all the land which gave power unto the prophets, that they should go whithersoever they would, and by this cause the people were brought unto repentance. Verses 26-27 The people repented, and God decided not to kill everyone. They began to prosper. Shul continued to have more children in his old age, and did nothing but righteous things for the rest of his life. Ether 8 During our study of the Book of Mormon, we have come across passages that speak of secret combinations, which are associated with the destruction of the Nephite society. Here in Ether chapter 8, we will see the original formation of these secret combinations. Ether 8 verses 1 through 2. King Shul's son Omer replaced his father as king. Omer's son Jared rebelled and stole half of his father's kingdom by flattering people with his cunning words. Verses 3 through 4. Jared put his father in prison. Apparently, Jared was allowed conjugal visits because Jared kept having children, two sons, Ezram and Coriantumr. Verses 5-6, through six, When Ezram and Coriantumr grew up, they were upset by what their brother Jared did to their father Omer. So they got an army together and attacked Jared, killing every soldier in his army. They were about to kill Jared too, but Jared promised to give the kingdom back to their dad if they spared his life. Verses 7-8, through eight, now, Jared was very sad after losing his kingdom, but his beautiful daughter devised a plan to get it back. Ether 8, 9 Now the daughter of Jared was exceedingly fair, and it came to pass that she did talk with her father, and said unto him, Whereby hath my father so much sorrow? Hath he not read the record which our fathers brought across the great deep? Behold, is there not an account concerning them of old, that they by their secret plans did obtain kingdoms and great glory? In other words, she had read about secret combinations and suggested they use such tactics to get her father's kingdom back. Verse 10. Here was her evil plan. And now therefore let my father send for Achish the son of Kimnor, and behold, I am fair, and I will dance before him, and I will please him that he will desire me to wife. Wherefore, if he shall desire of thee that ye shall give unto him me to wife, then shall ye say, I will give her if ye will bring unto me the head of my father the king. This story sounds all too familiar and was obviously taken from the New Testament corresponding account of Herodias' daughter dancing for the head of John the Baptist. See Matthew 14, verses 6-11. through 11. 
Ether 8, verses 11 through 12. So Jared's daughter danced in front of Achish, and Achish asked Jared if he could marry her. Jared said, I will allow it in exchange for the head of my father, the king. Did Achish deliver Omar's head to Jared? We may never know, because now we are going to learn about those secret combinations. Ether 8.13 And it came to pass that Achish gathered in unto the house of Jared all his kinsfolk, and said unto them, Will ye swear unto me that ye will be faithful unto me in the thing which I shall desire of you? Interestingly, the word kinsfolk in this verse and in Mormon 8.5 has its beginning in the 15th century from the Middle English term kinsfolk, meaning family or kinsmen. So for Ether to be writing this word on the plates in his day was totally anachronistic. The best explanation for why kinsfolk shows up in the Book of Mormon is that Joseph Smith unwittingly used a term that was commonly used in his day in New York. Ether 8.14 And it came to pass that they all swear unto him by the God of heaven, and also by the heavens, and also by the earth, and by their heads, that whoso should vary from the assistance which Achish desired should lose his head, and whoso should divulge whatsoever thing Achish made known unto them, the same should lose his life. They covenanted and made oaths in the name of God, conspiring to do evil. Ether 8.15 And it came to pass that thus they did agree with Achish. And Achish did administer unto them the oaths which were given by them of old, who also sought power, which had been handed down even from Cain, who was a murderer from the beginning. In LDS scripture, we read about Satan creating the first secret combination with Cain for the purpose of gaining power and wealth. See Moses 5.29-31. The phrase, quote, by them of old, is in Matthew 5.21, and, quote, was a murderer from the beginning, is taken from John 8.44. Ether 8, 16-17 And they were kept up by the power of the devil to administer these oaths unto the people, to keep them in darkness, to help such as sought power to gain power, and to murder, and to plunder, and to lie, and to commit all manner of wickedness and whoredoms. And it was the daughter of Jared who put it into his heart to search up these things of old. And Jared put it into the heart of Achish, wherefore Achish administered it unto his kindred and friends, leading them away by fair promises to do whatsoever thing he desired. The words, quote, into the heart of, are in 2 Corinthians 8.16. Ether 8, 18-19. Moroni is now going to tell us where secret combinations rank in comparison to other tools of the devil. And it came to pass that they formed a secret combination, even as they of old, which combination is most abominable and wicked above all in the sight of God. For the Lord worketh not in secret combinations, neither doth he will that man should shed blood, but in all things hath forbidden it from the beginning of man. If God has forbidden that man shed blood, then why did he command Nephi to murder Laban? Remember, it was not in self-defense. One has to pause at this verse and wonder about the secret oaths and covenants made in the LDS temples, which for decades involved blood oaths and covenanting to have one's life taken. In that case, the Lord does work in secret ways. Ether 8, 20-21 And now I, Moroni, do not write the manner of their oaths and combinations, for it hath been made known unto me that they are had among all people, and they are had among the Lamanites. And they have caused the destruction of this people of whom I am now speaking, and also the destruction of the people of Nephi. 
meaning both the Jaredites and the Nephites. Verse 22, next Moroni gives a serious warning against supporting secret combinations. And whatsoever nation shall uphold such secret combinations to get power and gain, until they shall spread over the nation, behold, they shall be destroyed. For the Lord will not suffer that the blood of his saints, which shall be shed by them, shall always cry unto him from the ground for vengeance upon them, and yet he avenge them not. Verse 23, and that goes for the Gentiles specifically. Ether 8, 24-25. Moroni teaches the people what to do if they see such things entering into their society. Wherefore the Lord commandeth you, when ye shall see these things come among you, that ye shall awake to a sense of your awful situation because of this secret combination which shall be among you. Or woe be unto it because of the blood of them who have been slain, for they cry from the dust for vengeance upon it, and also upon those who built it up. For it cometh to pass that whoso buildeth it up seeketh to overthrow the freedom of all lands, nations, and countries, and it bringeth to pass the destruction of all people, for it is built up by the devil who is the father of all lies, even that same liar who beguiled our first parents, yea, even that same liar who hath caused man to commit murder from the beginning, who hath hardened the hearts of men that they have murdered the prophets and stoned them and cast them out from the beginning." Martin Harris had referred to the Book of Mormon as the, quote, anti-Masonic Bible. It was believed by the Mormons that the Nephites and Jaredite secret societies in the Book of Mormon were comparable to Freemasonry of the early 1800s. Evidence in the Book of Mormon suggests that Joseph Smith and his associates sought their own kingdom and theocracy from the beginning. The ideal government is led by a prophet king. See Mosiah 29.13. This was exemplified by Nephi, Benjamin, and Mosiah, all of whom ruled by divine right. Secret societies plagued the Nephites again and again over hundreds of years, but the golden age of the Book of Mormon was after the wicked are destroyed by Christ, and a theocratic government is set up under the leadership of apostles. For 200 years, the people were governed by a centralized system of social equality. Alma predicted in the last day the Lord would rise up his servant who, through the aid of a special stone, would expose the political designs of the secret society, then threatening the nation's survival. Alma 37, 21-31 Thus, it predicted that Joseph Smith, Jr., with his seer stone, would be the remedy for the ills of America. The man Joseph Smith would be the great prophet king. By the turn of the century, the anti-Masonic movement in America had devastated Freemasonry, but it was rebuilding itself in the early 1840s. Under Smith, the number of Mormon Masons exploded. Joseph Smith outmasoned the Masons. By initiating hundreds of Mormon men into Masonry, they offended the Masons. First, Smith incorporated large portions of Masonic rituals into the newly received endowment ceremony and called it the True Restored Masonry originally lost and restored through the endowment. Thus, he claimed to have restored the only true Christianity on the face of the earth and the only truly restored Masonry. Another way the Mormons offended Masons was by appointing many of the symbols long associated with Masonry, such as the square, the compass, the sun, moon, and stars, the beehive, the all-seeing eye, ritualistic hand grips, and the six-pointed star. Masonic symbols decorated the Nauvoo Temple architecture. 
It appears that Joseph Smith had three main goals in joining the Masons. Revenge, rivalry, and ever stronger bonds of secrecy among their men. They thought they could outwit the Masons and gain political control of Illinois. Ether A. 24. The phrase, quote, When ye shall see these things come, is from Mark 13.29. Ether 8.26. Wherefore I, Moroni, am commanded to write these things, that evil may be done away, and that the time may come that Satan may have no power upon the hearts of the children of men, but that they may be persuaded to do good continually, that they may come unto the fountain of all righteousness and be saved. The words, quote, all righteousness are in Matthew 3.15, and, quote, and be saved are in Luke 8.12. Ether chapter 9. The words, quote, and it came to pass is repeated 18 times in this chapter. Verses 1 through 2. After Moroni finishes his treatise on secret combinations, he forgot to tell us what happened with the bring me the head of my father episode. We know that Omar kept his head, but lost his kingdom because of those secret combinations. Ether 9.2. In the 1830 edition, page 555, it read, quote, His sons and to his daughters, which were not or which did not seek his destruction. End quote. In later editions, it reads, quote, His sons and to his daughters, who did not seek his destruction. End quote. Five words deleted and one word changed. Verse 3. The Lord told Omar in a dream to leave the area. So he traveled with his family to Ablom by the seashore. The words, quote, in a dream that are in Matthew 2.12. Ether 9.4. And it came to pass that Jared was anointed king over the people by the hand of wickedness, and he gave unto Achish his daughter to wife. Verses 5-6. through six. Achish then decided to kill his father-in-law. So, with the help of his secret society friends, they beheaded King Jared as he sat upon his throne. Verse 7. Then Achish became jealous of his son, so he starved him to death in prison. Verses 8-9, through nine, one of Achish's other sons, Nimrah, became angry at Achish for starving his brother. So he and his friends joined up with Omar, who was his great-grandfather. Verses 10-12, through 12, Achish had other sons who grew up to be bad boys, bribing the hearts of the people with money. They went to war with their father, a war that lasted many years and killed everyone in the land except 30 people who fled to Omar's house. Verses 13 through 15. Omar became king again. He grew old and anointed his son Emer to be king in his place. Then Omar died. Verse 15, the phrase, quote, the space of two years, is in Acts 19.10. Verse 16, the Lord removed the curse of the land, and the Emer's household became stinking rich. Verse 17, having all manner of fruit, and of grain, and of silks, and of fine linen, and of gold, and of silver, and of precious things. Silk comes from the Asian moth, Bombax mori, unknown to the pre-Columbian Americas. Ether 9.18 And also all manner of cattle, of oxen, and cows, and of sheep, and of swine, and of goats, and also many other kinds of animals which were useful for the food of man. Wait a minute. The brother of Jared... Ether, Moroni, and Joseph Smith must have forgotten that God forbade the Jews to eat swine or pig. See Leviticus 11.7, Deuteronomy 14.8, and Isaiah 66.17. Ether 9.19 And they also had horses and asses, 
and there were elephants, and kurilims, and kumums, all of which were useful unto man, and more especially the elephants, and kurilims, and kumums. Don't know what invented words like kurilums and kumums are, unless they mean camels. But it is obvious that none of these other animals existed in the New World at that time. Smith managed to include the major animals that did not exist at all and excluded the ones that did exist. The following are some of the animals that were in existence in various parts of the Americas during the Book of Mormon era. Alpaca, bear, boar, bison, coyote, deer, duck, guinea pig, jackrabbit, antelope, mountain sheep, jaguar, llama, monkey, reindeer, sloth, tapir, turkey, and turtle. Smith does not mention one of these existing animals in the Book of Mormon. An overall list of impossible Book of Mormon animals includes the following. Ass, bull, cattle, elephant, goat, horse, oxen, sheep, pigs, not to mention kurilums and kumums. Elephants are only native to Asia and Africa. There is no evidence that cattle, ox, ass, or swine inhabited the New World prior to European contact. North American horses became extinct around the same time as the woolly mammoths and were introduced in the Americas in the 1500s by the Spanish. Ether 920 And thus the Lord did pour out his blessings upon this land, which was choice above all other lands. And he commanded that whoso should possess the land should possess it unto the Lord, or they should be destroyed when they were ripened in iniquity. For upon such, saith the Lord, I will pour out the fullness of my wrath. Verses 21-22 Emer was a righteous king who chose his son Coriantum to replace him as king. And before Coriantum died, he saw, quote, the son of righteousness, meaning he saw Jesus Christ. Verse 22 In the 1830 edition, page 557, it read, quote, son of righteousness, with a lowercase s in son. In later editions, it was changed to an uppercase s. Verses 23 through 25, Coriantum lived to be 142 years old. His son Cum reigned in his place and had a son named Heth. Ether 926. And the people had spread again over all the face of the land, and there began again to be an exceedingly great wickedness upon the face of the land. And Heth began to embrace the secret plans again of old to destroy his father. Those secret combinations. Ether 9, 27 to 31. And it came to pass that he did dethrone his father, for he slew him with his own sword, and he did reign in his stead. And there came prophets in the land again, crying repentance unto them, that they must prepare the way of the Lord, or there should come a curse upon the face of the land. Yea, even there should be a great famine, in which they should be destroyed if they did not repent. But the people believed not the words of the prophets, but they cast them out, and some of them they cast into pits, and left them to perish." And it came to pass that they did all these things according to the commandment of the king, Heth. And it came to pass that there began to be a great dearth upon the land, and the inhabitants began to be destroyed exceedingly fast because of the dearth, for there was no rain upon the face of the earth. And there came forth poisonous serpents also upon the face of the land, and did poison many people. And it came to pass that their flocks began to flee before the poisonous serpents towards the land southward, which was called by the Nephites Zarahemla. Verses 32-33 As the people were dying quickly from the drought, God sent poisonous snakes to finish them off. 
verse 34, Just when the people realized they were going to perish, they began to repent of their iniquities and cry out to the Lord. But was this true repentance or just a desperate response to save their lives? Verse 35, And it came to pass that when they had humbled themselves sufficiently before the Lord, He did send rain upon the face of the earth, and the people began to revive again, and there began to be fruit in the north countries and in all the countries round about. And the Lord did show forth His power unto them in preserving them from famine. Ether 10, verse 1. King Heth died in God's famine, and his only surviving son Shez became the next king. Verses 2-4. through Under Shez, many cities were built across the land. When Shez died of old age, his son Replakish became king. Verse 5. And it came to pass that Replakish did not do that which was right in the sight of the Lord, for he did have many wives and concubines, and did lay that upon men's shoulders which was grievous to be borne, yea, he did tax them with heavy taxes, and with the taxes he did build many spacious buildings. Even back then, polygamy was not right in the sight of the Lord. The phrase, quote, grievous to be born, is in Luke 11.46. Ether 10.6 And he did erect him an exceedingly beautiful throne, and he did build many prisons, and whoso would not be subject unto taxes he did cast into prison, and whoso was not able to pay taxes he did cast into prison, and he did cause that they should labor continually for their support, and whoso refused to labor he did cause to be put to death. Verses 7-8 through eight, the people finally rose up in rebellion, and Replakish was killed in the resulting war. Verses 9-12 through 12, Morianton, a descendant of Replakish, became king. Although the people liked him and he treated them well, he was cut off from the presence of the Lord because of his many whoredoms. During his reign, the people built many cities and became exceedingly rich. Verses 13-16 through When Morianton died, his son Kim became king. Kim's brother rebelled against him and put Kim into captivity. When Kim died, his son Levi became king. Levi did right in the sight of the Lord, and the people prospered. When Levi died, his son Coram became the next king. Verses 17 through 18. Coram was a righteous king. When he died, Kish took his place. Then Lib replaced Kish as king. Ether 10.19 Remember the curse of the poisonous snakes sent by the Lord to humble the wicked? And it came to pass that Lib also did that which was good in the sight of the Lord. And in the days of Lib the poisonous serpents were destroyed, wherefore they did go into the land southward to hunt food for the people of the land. For the land was covered with animals of the forest, and Lib also himself became a great hunter. Verses 20-21 through 21, Lib and his people built a great city in the narrow neck of the land. They made the land south into game preserve and covered the whole face of the land north with people. Verses 22-23 They were industrious and the economy thrived. They mined gold, silver, iron, and copper and brass. Ether 10.24 And they did have silks and fine twined linen, and they did work all manner of cloth, that they might clothe themselves from their nakedness. The problem is, is that brass, iron, and silks did not exist in the pre-Columbian New World. Verses 25-27 through 27, They made all kinds of tools and weapons of curious workmanship. Verse 28 
And never could be a people more blessed than were they, and more prospered by the hand of the Lord. And they were in a land that was choice above all lands, for the Lord had spoken it. Verses 29-31 Lib died, and his son Hiertham became king. After twenty years, his kingdom was taken away, and he spent the rest of his life in captivity. Hiertham begat Heath, who begat Aaron, who begat Amnagata, who begat Coriantum, who begat Cum. All of these kings reigned in captivity, whatever that means. Ether 10, verses 32-33 And it came to pass that Com drew away the half of the kingdom, and he reigned over the half of the kingdom forty and two years, and he went to battle against the king Amgid, and they fought for the space of many years, during which time Com gained power over Amgid, and obtained power over the remainder of the kingdom. And in the days of Com there began to be robbers in the land, and they adopted the old plans, and administered oaths after the manner of the ancients, and sought again to destroy the kingdom. They entered secret combinations again. Ether 10.34 Now Com did fight against them much, nevertheless he did not prevail against them. Ether chapter 11 verses 1 through 2 And there came also in the days of Com many prophets, and prophesied of the destruction of that great people, except they should repent, and turn unto the Lord, and forsake their murders and wickedness. And it came to pass that the prophets were rejected by the people, and they fled unto Com for protection, for the people sought to destroy them. Verses 3-4, through four, God blessed Com, who begat Shiblam, who replaced him as king. But Shiblam's brother rebelled against him, starting a war. Ether 11, verses 5-8 through eight. And it came to pass that the brother of Shiblam caused that all the prophets who prophesied of the destruction of the people should be put to death. And there was great calamity in all the land, for they had testified that a great curse should come upon the land, and also upon the people and that there should be a great destruction among them, such an one as never had been upon the face of the earth, and their bones should become as heaps of earth upon the face of the land, except they should repent of their wickedness. And they hearkened not unto the voice of the Lord, because of their wicked combinations. Wherefore there began to be wars and contentions in all the land, and also many famines and pestilences, insomuch that there was a great destruction, such an one as never had been known upon the face of the earth. And all this came to pass in the days of Shiblam. And the people began to repent of their iniquity, and inasmuch as they did, the Lord did have mercy on them. Verses 9-11 through 11, When Shiblam was killed, he was followed by Seth, who was followed by Ahah. Ahah was wicked, and so was Etham his successor. Ether 11 verse 12 And it came to pass that in the days of Etham, there came many prophets, and prophesied again unto the people. Yea, they did prophesy that the Lord would utterly destroy them from off the face of the earth, except they repented of their iniquities. Verse 13, But the people ignored the prophets. Verse 14, Etham begat Moran, who was a wicked king. Verse 15, And it came to pass that there arose a rebellion among the people because of that secret combination which was built up to get power and gain. And there arose a mighty man among them in iniquity, and gave battle unto Moran, in which he did overthrow the half of the kingdom, and he did maintain the half of the kingdom for many years. The words, quote, There arose a mighty, are in Luke 15, 14. Verses 16 through 18, Then Moran overthrew the mighty man that overthrew him. But Moran was overthrown by another mighty man, a descendant of the brother of Jared. 
So Morin dwelt in captivity for the rest of his days and begat Coriantor. Ether 11, verses 19 through 23. And it came to pass that Coriantor dwelt in captivity all his days. And in the days of Coriantor there also came many prophets, and prophesied of great and marvelous things, and cried repentance unto the people, and except they should repent, the Lord God would execute judgment against them to their utter destruction, and that the Lord God would send or bring forth another people to possess the land by his power, after the manner by which he brought their fathers. And they did reject all the words of the prophets because of their secret society and wicked abominations. And it came to pass that Coriantor begat Ether, and he died, having dwelt in captivity all his days. Finally, we are introduced to Ether, the prophet and record-keeper, who will witness and record the final scenes of destruction among the Jaredites. This concludes our study for today. Please subscribe so you won't miss any of our future episodes. You can catch us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Or you can go to our website at TalkingToMormons.com, where you can download the script and learn much more. Until next time, God bless.